Hello and welcome to Hey Art What's Good. We're a podcast where we like to go to cool art things and see what's good with them. My name is Alice. And I'm Rosie. And one thing we like to do in this podcast is to check in with each other, see how we are good, or if something good or cool has happened recently. It's a bit of a tradition here at Hey Art What's Good. Mm -hmm. So Rosie, what is good with you this week? What is good is after a long busy week, we are in the recording studio on a Sunday morning. Yes. But we managed to get here bright and early and had lovely pastries for breakfast. We did. But independently, like we both went and got pastries separately and mm. then got like met up and it's like, oh, pastry time. Yeah, right. So and that was just that's just a nice way to like end the week. Oh yeah. I'm like productive and full. It's a good way to be, really, honestly. Where did we get our pastries from, Rosie? Well, I just went to Sainsbury's because it's like 80p for mm. a little pizza roll thing. In the, it's a damn fine pizza it's roll. It's quite nice. Like for I 80p, say so. you can't complain. Really? Yeah. And like, because I don't want to, I'm like trying to reduce my waste. I just have a little napkin that I bring around with me. And if I get like Greg's or something, I'll ask them to put it on there rather than in a bag. And the same with like most supermarkets have just bakeries where you can like pick stuff. So you can put it in your kind of reusable kind of whatever. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to use the like plastic bags and, you know, save the planet. Mm-hmm. So that's always nice. That's like, usually my go-to. So yeah. I have like a banana and a little pizza roll. And then Alice shows up and then she's been to Pink Lane. Yeah. Is it Pink Lane Bakery? Pink Lane Bakery. So I rarely go. For whatever stupid reason, I'll work literally down the lane. <laughs> but the, there's a very specific reason I went today. And I told Rosie, and if you follow me on my personal Instagram today on Sunday, the 10th of February, <laughs> you'd see that there's... Because Pink Lane is a lane so there's buildings and stuff it's a very nice lane uh an interesting history um but there's literally just a beam of sunlight going down and specifically hitting the pink lane bakery sign like well i need to go in don't i like when the sun tells you to do mm -hmm. something you have to do it you just got to got it it is yeah no (laughs) choice nope just like oh fine (laughs) yeah i guess i'll do it i guess i'll get the nicest pastry i could possibly get why not it was lush it was a brie mushroom and spinach parcel and my god and it'd like, oh just be made because it was so still good. warm she very grace great graciously yeah that's gave me so yeah very graciously let me have some and yeah. oh my god because if there's oh. one thing rosie loves it's mushrooms i do <laughs> i want to make a fun guy like f- i'm a fun guy joke but i'm not that person but you're a fun guy though thank you, you <laughs> I, I am that person <laughs> as it turns out <laughs> one time for father's day uh, like I'm like my childhood friends like I'm kind of like one of the family you know and you've just like known people that long mm-hmm. and it was I went over to their house shortly after Father's Day and she has it's my friend and she has two younger sisters and they'd both made their dad cards and they both put a fun guy joke on it nice I'm like in sync I like that's what that, I always yeah. think of so I always think of Wes oh well yeah the, the the true fun guy he is the funnest guy <laughs> anyway what's what's good with you alice well whilst the pastry was good my good thing this week is quite related to the the thing we're going to talk about this week we went down to bishop auckland to see an exhibition and my good thing is that i'm so pleasantly surprised by bishop auckland i don't think i've ever been it's right there it's like just a bit past durham cute little town super old super pretty museums and art galleries out the wazoo apparently yeah because it has such a great history because it's county durham yep. if you've never been land never heard of, of it before prince bishop uh, blah, blah, blah. land of the prince bishops 
<laughs> yep. And honestly, like my mum had a caravan kind of near there, like really close. Mm-hmm. Um, and she described it as like, guys, it's a bit of a dive. Like it's not going to be a great time. Like there's not too much there. Well, how wrong she was shows what she knows. <laughs> Jane's a liar? <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> Jane, a liar. Discuss. <laughs> but yeah, it was just a it's just a great place. Like there is a lot going on at the minute because like the castle's getting done out. They're building more stuff. There's a, a Spanish gallery going to be opening up soon. There's just all sorts of bits and bobs. Yeah. So culture wise. There's like a bunch going on. And we're here to tell you all about it. We are. So the thing I went to go see was in uh, the Bishop of Auckland Town Hall in the McGuinness Gallery. And it's called No Man's Land. And it's a exhibition of three female photographers who were kind of like involved in World War One. So you, it's like a very rare opportunity to see like their perspectives and the perspectives of women like in the front lines and stuff. And then to go with all of that stuff, it's kind of um, got some more like contemporary works. It's like photographic works and like digital kind of stuff, which we'll talk about in a bit. Yeah. But there was just a whole bunch. It was great because wasn't it really looking at three women in history that, you know, because it was there were so many limitations on how women could really participate in the war effort. Mm hmm. And it looked at kind of three women from history who did that and went above and beyond, but then three contemporary female artists responding to these women mm-hmm. kind of thing. So cool. It was very cool. So just women power. Yeah, right. Just women power. No man's land. Hey. There's the connection. Yeah. Um, great what, title. I was yeah. like, when I realized what the show was about, I was like, yes. Oh yeah, this was another one of those things. I was like, hey, Rosie, do you want to go to this art exhibition, this photography exhibition in Bishop Auckland? And I might have said the title of it. It just went, yeah. <laughs> You're like, there's a photography exhibition in Bishop Auckland. Want to go? Yeah. And then that that was the extent of the conversation. No questions were asked. No Googling was done, it seems. Why would I? That's a, that's a great question. Why <laughs> would you do that? <laughs> we just ruin the surprise. Because I'm always pleasantly surprised. That's fine. Expect nothing. And then you're always going to be happy. Oh, there you go. I don't do that, though. I research <laughs> the hell out of everything, so... Yeah, well, we complement each other. Yin and yang. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's how we work. It's like, love the same things, very different attitudes towards those things. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. But um, I wrote down uh, the names and stuff of the three um, like photographers because they're pretty pretty interesting ladies. So we've got uh, Olive Edis, and she was kind of stationed in northern France and Flanders, which is essentially just... Flanders is interesting. So I lived in the Netherlands and um, Belgium is just below the Netherlands. And in between the two, you've got Flanders. And it's like, not not Belgium, but not really Belgium. Hmm. It's weird. And also like some parts of Belgium are just wholly in the Netherlands. Like if you look at like the border, there's like a clear line of Netherlands, Belgium. And then just in the Netherlands, like just a circle, which must be like a tiny little village or whatever, which is like, technically part of belgium so i don't know if that's like flanders i don't know yeah like a little pocket yeah it's strange i don't know too much about it no that was a thing oh there you go so thank you it's like flemish isn't it flemish painters from flanders yeah oh yeah throwback to 1600s i don't know Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but olive edis was there and she's got quite a, a i think an interesting kind of 
um, history when it comes to how she came about like taking these photos. She, um, she's apparently quite a, a prolific businesswoman in Britain, UK, and a pioneer of the autochrome process. I don't know if you know anything about the autochrome process. I do not. It's fascinating. So it's... I think the Lumiere brothers as well kind of had a big hand in this. Um, it's basically colour photography, but in like 1905. What? Yeah, right. Did they have to like paint it? No, not kind Well, kind of. There's a whole process I don't know super well, but it's basically you've got your glass plate. On one side, you kind of cover it with dyed potato starch. And there's like, uh, I think, five specific colours you dye it. And then you've got like your bromide solution on the other side, which is like your photosensitive thing. Mm. And then somehow it turns into accurate color representation. There's obviously, there's obviously a whole other step I've missed out here. But that's but, like roughly. Yeah. Okay. So here's the thing. Have a quick Google of just the word autochrome. Go to Google Images. They're beautiful. They're so nice. They're so cool. Ooh. I'll show you after this recording, Rosie. We'll put some on like the Instagram story. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we can do that. So go check that out. We have that capability. Yeah. <laughs> But she had something to do with that, which is just awesome anyways. And so she was commissioned by the Imperial War Museum, the Women's Work Subcommittee, apparently, to just record women's work in the British Army, like on the front lines and all that kind of stuff. Ooh. So she did. And she had like a big wet plate camera and she kind of set up like impromptu dark rooms and like the x-ray wings of like hospitals and stuff so she could develop it. Because with like plate cameras, like dry plate and wet plate stuff, like back in the day you pretty much had to develop it like immediately after taking it wow because like the chemicals dry out and you've got to like so work. it is time is of the essence very much so so she uh took a bunch of photos and they were just great wow like all these photos were obviously oldie timey photos because it was the first world war yes so yeah and this has been a lot of them were 100 years old exactly <laughs> yeah actually yeah because it's well Nearly. This exhibition, it was a Turin exhibition, so it started in 2018. Obviously, that's the war ended in 1918. Mm-hmm. So, about 100, yes. Well, that's <laughs> why, I mean, as close as we're going to be. Pretty much, yes. <laughs> I am a stickler for details, however, so what are you going to do? <laughs> Nothing, it appears. <laughs> I say, tell me. <laughs> I can't stop you. <laughs> um, another of the photographers is this lady called Mary Marie uh, Chisholm. And she um, volunteered with the Flying Ambulance Corps. Cause? Corp? You know, like that weird army word, just like C-O-R-P-S. Yes. And I have no idea. It's sometimes pronounced corps, but like there's an S in there. So either way, she volunteered with them. And then her and her friend Elsie Knocker set up a pretty much an independent first aid station in the basement of this bombed out house in uh, Pavis. Badass ladies. Right? Badass ladies being my favourite. Yeah. So she had like a little, what's referred to in like the, like the information bits is a a snapshot camera, but I think it was the, we'll put a picture of it on Instagram, the Kodak folding vest pocket camera. And they'll call that because um, if you're a man and you had your little waistcoat thing, you can just put it in the, like the vest pocket. Love that. So, like a cute little little camera, yeah. which you can get for about £15 on eBay, just the oh, BT dubs. Cool. <laughs> so, any kind of budding photographers out there? Yes, but it's with a film type that doesn't really exist anymore. You can adapt film. It's a little thing. We can talk about it sometime in a blog post, maybe. We'll yeah. find out. Ooh, Ooh. Something to look forward to. Yes, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but she basically 
use that to just take photos of like it's kind of the scenes around that little town and like I get it was frontliney, yeah, Flanders. That was like a lot of the the war happened around there, I guess. Yes. So lots of interesting photos about that and she was kind of there's some like quotes by her where she must have written some stuff down to talk about like some of the horrible things you'll see. Just like yeah. soldiers getting like a jaw blown off oh, or whatever. God, that like I had to stop reading for a second when I read that because just imagine the sight. Of I st- don't want to. <laughs> like, but that would just be like commonplace. Like, just like yeah, and like people without limbs or with half their face missing or just like just real horror. Like oh, that's yeah. what horror is. Pretty much, yeah. And like on a daily basis as well for like four years, and just like not just dealing with it, like doing something about it. That's yeah, just unreal. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a reality that I can't comprehend. Yes, and hopefully we will never have to. Yes, please. But we'll see. <laughs> and then the, the last uh, photographer is a lady called Florence Farnborough, who was on the Eastern Front, because I think in, in, in an interesting turn of events, like she's she's British or English, and she went to be like a governess in Russia. And so obviously when the war broke out, Russia were like a part of it, so she was on the Eastern Front. Um... I think she was also, yeah, she was with the Red Cross and she did like a kind of surgery exam in Russian so she could do it for the Russians. That so was kind of cool. I yeah. like that. It was like a different perspective. Yeah, but she was like a budding photographer anyway, so she had like a, a half plate camera, I think. It's like not quite snapshotty, but not quite as big as Olive Edis's camera would have been. Um, but yeah, just again, just I think she was pretty much one of the only women to like actually record anything from the front lines because you know that's not an opportunity easily afforded it's amazing so just these women just yeah going out and just doing amazing things in every aspect oh yeah and it's just yeah that's amazing because obviously you see like there's tons of like war photography exhibitions and stuff but obviously the the common denominator is it's all by like either like male soldiers or like other like male photographers like commissioned like uh Frank Capra? Capra? What's it called? Unfamiliar. Oh, you'll recognise his work. He's like the Hungarian one who moved to America and got a lot of like the D-Day stuff. Oh, I think I know. Like there's a there's a really famous photo of a soldier. It's like a kind of blurry uh, photo, but it's like a soldier. Like he's just got off the um the big boats at D-Day and he's like swimming to the shore to like get there on Normandy Beach. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. And I think just like the gaze of... Like because women has such a limited as not not like aspect of war like we're very like women are very much involved in Mm -hmm. every aspect but i guess what women were permitted to do as always throughout history yes (laughs) you know it's like go be a nurse and like Mm -hmm. or like i mean this is like i'm I just I'm interested in history and all the awesome women that do cool things to do with war is usually because they're like even if they weren't medical at all they just be like I need to do something and I want to help yeah. so they they just have to go into like nursing and hospitals and care roles yeah but it means that when they're documenting their experiences at war there's this really interesting like human element i thought to this mm-hmm. where all of these photos is like they wanted to take pictures of like it's it was jarring because at times it was just like groups of people yeah and it wasn't really anything to do with war but it's like they were all like obviously in uniforms and things but it's yeah. just like these like it was very people focused 
Yeah. And it, I don't like it wasn't like action focused. Yeah. Which is something I'd not really seen because as you said, like with male photographers who had more access to battles potentially. Yeah. It was much more of like depictions of the war, but this was so much more to me like depictions of the people mm-hmm. and that's really what makes history this is like these are the people that experience these horrible things and like let's think about them let's like yeah make it human because in a lot of ways that makes it harder to think about but that's really the way we need to think about it yeah and like a lot of them were like in a group photos and stuff like some of them were just delightful like there was a photo i think it was by uh, mary chilsom and it was of this uh i assume like flemish lady sitting on a step with just like a cat in each yeah. hand it was lovely but then conversely like not far from that there was a, a a photo of like a rotted corpse by the river yes and a photo which it was quite hard to discern what what it actually was but what it looks like because it was a bit blurry was um a explosion going off in a little river yeah and like that was caught like as it happened sort of thing yeah so it's kind of like really far range in what the experiences of these ladies would have been like yeah. on, a, on a day-to-day basis and it's quite well yeah i think jarring's the word because in the curation there was kind of like the photographs were grouped they weren't kind of in rows or things like that it was mm-hmm. like like how i imagine you display it on your like wall at home almost yeah, kind of um and yeah it would be one picture would be like some nurses like smiling because you know, when you get your photo taken and they're like mm-hmm. looking all done up and they're in their uniforms so they look really smart and all there's like group photographs of um like soldiers and things like that yeah and then they'll just be like a crumpled body yeah or yeah like a skull mm-hmm. oh yeah was just, yeah that one really stood out to me because you didn't it was just a landscape and then you re- as you're looking at it and as you're looking at all the other photographs around it and then you're like focus changes and in the very foreground of this picture there's just a full-on human skull yeah and it like like looking at you it's really like jarring yeah and amazing that people captured this Mm -hmm. in such a like in such a human way yeah oh definitely um but there was such a like just within like those ladies photos like the the oldie timey ones such a range of stuff and then the contemporary work on top of that I kind of responded to it was just fantastic yeah because it's almost it gave you this foundation of like this is the real frontline mm-hmm. stuff and it had like really good information about it and dates and just facts about these women and their experiences so you had this understanding of what this is and what it's about yeah and then surrounding that was like these contemporary pieces yeah and it was just they fed into each other really well I think in the curation there was a nice kind of like mirror element to this so it was it was all mixed up it wasn't like oh first you experience the kind of history element Mm -hmm. and then you look at the contemporary stuff it was all like in the space together which was i thought a really good curational decision because Mm it i just thought like you kind of if people are more interested in the history rather than the contemporary things then they're like being thrown into the art as well mm-hmm. whereas if you go for the art which is kind of what i did i guess because mm-hmm. i just thought it's going to be contemporary i don't know i didn't yeah as, as discussed i had no idea what i was going to yes <laughs> um but so i like started by seeing these contemporary photographs and then suddenly i'm like back at like oh like now say, we're in like, history that's what you kind of confronted with when you first go in are oh, just really huge format 
um contemporary photos because like they're in color I'm like these aren't oldie timey photos and like I didn't understand that there was a contemporary element as well I just thought lots of full pictures and I was just like down for that but then this whole other element just was awesome on yeah. top of it I say awesome kind of macabre subject matter for some oh, of absolutely. it absolutely but um, approached yeah. in a really like sensitive and intellectual way mm-hmm. like it was really just appropriate yeah there was that the right level of like creative expression and sensitivity to the oh, horrors yeah. of war definitely like really poignant is that the word poignant poignant, poignant. yes it does look like poignant though yeah. kind of yeah but um i mean case in point um like the first photos you see when you go in were like were my favorite um and it's a, uh, from a series by chloe do matthews called uh shot at dawn and that's uh, from 2014 and like for context when you go in i didn't really read the information for it because i think the information for that series specifically was like round the walls like as soon as you go down the stairs into the gallery um you've just got the photos first so you, you look at them and it's like kind of like empty scenes at a kind of uh like kind of dawn twilight yeah, sort of ghostly. stuff like quite blue and cold light which is like mm. you get a lot of the morning um and it's just generally empty scenes so like a field with a tree like a little stream um this like i don't like garage or something yeah which is near kind of like a forest like you can see yeah like a wooded area and it's like a a road that kind of curves round and then there's this yeah like a wood a small brick building with the doors open and and there's like a light light on coming out but you can't there's no people so it's like the hint that someone's there yeah but it's like at this point like oh these are nice photos i'm not too sure what they have to do with you know the whole thing mm-hmm. and then when you look at the like the in like the little plaque card i guess next to each image you get um a name and a time and a date um so for example there's a, a scene with like in what looks like farmer's fields it's like quite misty in the background as like just a tree in the, the middle of the frame and it says, um, private Joseph Byers, private Andrew Evans, time unknown, but 6th of the 2nd, 1915. And going round the, like, round the wall, kind of saying different names and different locations and different times and dates. Sometimes it was like precise times. Mm-hmm. And it like, like, means very little. So yeah, you're right. like going round like, On the like, surface, okay. it's kind of like, cool, I guess. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but then when you read the information about it, um, that whole series is about uh, the French, British and Belgian uh, soldiers that got executed for desertion and cowardice. And every like, like each place is where they were executed or held before they were executed and the time and date of their execution. And I think it took two years to research this. And in the full series, there's 23 different like places. But like, that's something that you, I guess, didn't think about too much. Like, there was a thousand soldiers executed for cowardice in the First World War, like, of those three And that's just, like, heartbreaking. That, like, just imagine being killed by your own team. (laughs) Like... Yeah. And and it's just, I mean, thank God, like, we just don't have to even think about that today. Mm -hmm. But that's just really scary. Yeah, very much so. And then it, also, like, because of the horrors that they would have to face. Mm-hmm. Like, no normal person would want to do that. And didn't the information say a lot of these people were suffering from what we now know to be PTSD yeah. and horrors that they'd already experienced? 
you don't want to do that again like yeah, you don't really. want to expose yourself to that if you're already like under huge trauma and experiencing like illness essentially mm-hmm. and then then like families that have to deal with like your husband or dad or whoever was a coward and mm-hmm. and deserved to die and stuff and it's yeah. like all this horrible thing like and then i don't know it was it was one of those pieces that made you want to go back yeah, well, because, yeah, that was what I was just going to say, like, because I went around, looked at all the images, read all the things, read the main thing, and then went straight back to do it all again. Like, oh, wow, damn. Yeah, and, like, you're looking haunting at it. now. Absolutely, because they were quite, yeah, haunting, ghostly, and, like... Because I think yeah, a lot of them... something about them. Well, as it, I mean, the title of the series, Shot at Dawn, obviously a double meaning there, like, mm-hmm. they were literally shot at dawn, like, the people, like, the subjects... And then the photos were also shot at dawn to kind of correspond with the same time of day and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, look, humbling, maybe. Like, this whole exhibition really was quite humbling because it just really makes you, like, I just feel lucky. Mm -hmm. I just think I've never had to experience any of these just nightmarish scenarios, Mm -hmm. whether it be, like, at home at war like on the like kind of on the front lines like any of this like this is just so alien to us now mm-hmm. that it's really hard to comprehend but when you see it through photographs whether it be the literal photographs that these ladies took at the time or these contemporary artists responding now i just think it's i'm like i don't know i'm lost for words yeah because it's just so like i mean the first world war is makes me angry quite a lot because mm. this like i mean every element of it was just terrible like the most terrible it could have been it wasn't great really a, just a bad time had by all <coughs> oh, just hear it there but yeah like that that was like in the least macabre way my favorite element of the exhibition really yeah it's just a strong start really very much so yeah your kind of favorite aspect is very uh, quite quite different very different i would say and hopefully a little bit cheerier yeah i think so so um i liked probably what was the most conceptual piece that was included in this exhibition so it was a contemporary artist called dawn cole and it was a series of work called reading between the lines from 2009 and they were, it was a series of wall-based works and they weren't kind of photographs in the traditional sense. Mm-hmm. They use a lot of different kind of photography and printmaking techniques. And just to explain the visuals a little bit, they were huge, not huge, they were smaller than your favourite. Yes. <laughs> they were maybe kind of A2 um, framed images and they were black, but with white patterns on them. And visually, it looked a lot like lace. Mm. So I'll go into that in a little bit. What they were is that um, Dawn Cole found a suitcase of her great aunt's belongings from the war. And it was her aunt, great aunt, Clarice, I hate names, Spratling. Yep, Clarice Clarice Spratling. Spratling. Great lady. Mm -hmm. Not that I know her. But your best friend, Clarice. My new best friend. Just like, just respect for these people. My God. Mm-hmm. So she was a voluntary aid detachment nurse 
And in this suitcase that the artist found, there was a collection of kind of letters and diary entries and photographs. So when reading the the letters and diary entries, um, Dawn was, should I say Dawn or Cole? Never know how to like talk know. about artists. So Cole, we'll go last name okay. as if I'm writing an essay. Sure. So Cole was like really touched and inspired because obviously when it's your own family you have that bond with them even if you never met them a day in your life it's just like this is your blood this is like where you came from and what she I think this was I might be remembering this wrong but I'm sure I read something where she was she was shocked by the disconnect because in a lot of the photographs it was all very like formal and Mm. like everything was fine and like sometimes they looked even happy and then in the writings everything was just terrible and as bad as it could be Mm -hmm. so she kind of took the letters and through kind of digital manipulation she's managed to make these beautiful like lace patterns using her great aunt's handwriting so I was I spent ages trying to figure out where the right like how like to try and decode it almost yeah but I think from what I could gather it's so abstracted. So I was saying to Alice earlier, maybe it could have been, because you can see there's like handwriting elements, like the flicks mm. and round shapes of letters, but maybe it's kind of like cut up and then mirrored and then like flipped. And like, you know, so it's really like, you can't, you can hardly see that it would be letters, but that's what makes it really cool to me that it's in there. And if you know it's there, it's really precious because there's something so personal about handwriting and mm. it it is like I mean it's a signature it only belongs to that one person yeah and wasn't it the case where under each piece there was the phrase like, the phrase that the piece was yeah which is awesome like I remember there was a there was a one um like this would be kind of lacy collary sort of looking thing mm-hmm um where just like underneath it it says one man very very bad nearly navy blue in color yeah and it was that phrase repeated multiple times to create this lace pattern and i just thought it was so creative and such a beautiful way to interpret someone's experiences and writings because there was well the way they were displayed was these like big images in a row and yeah because of the the titles that was also the kind of the body of the work mm-hmm. it almost like painted this like horrible picture of like like you could even imagine it was the same man or the same groups of men that this woman was treating and caring for and getting to know yeah and i'm sure like you know there was I'm sure there was one that's saying they weren't responding well to treatment or yeah. you know, just things like that. And it's it was, as I say, what was really humbling about this whole exhibition was it was so people orientated. Yeah. And it made it hard, I think. I just, I don't know, I just have so much empathy. Like, I'm just like, I don't know. First World War gets me, like real, yeah. like in my heart. Because it was just the worst. <laughs> yeah. But, um one thing that kind of added to the aesthetics that kind of I didn't know was that obviously this is brilliant for no man's land you know that this is female artists because lace is typically such a 
feminine craft and yeah. historically it was only women that have made lace but um cole mentioned that during the war um it was quite popular to have kind of postcards and things with lace around them like these oh. little kind of mementos and they were often made by soldiers who were wounded and in hospital so oh. once they were kind of recovered like recovering and recovered enough um to kind of keep them occupied and also to make them help them feel help them feel useful i suppose mm-hmm. because yeah, like they were making something. exactly and making these lovely like mementos for soldiers who are currently at war or for like you know just it was one of the popular things that people would keep to you know think of the people they were missing and loving mm-hmm. um so there was that flip of um craft and how like and how it is associated with gender because then think about that these these because at the time that's a bit mental that say there's like all these women in factories doing manual labor and then all these men in hospital beds making lace yeah right like gender roles what are they why are they (laughs) necessary maybe they're not (laughs) throw that out there yeah right so that was just fascinating and i spent a long time looking at them just Mm -hmm. like and wondering mm-hmm. and yeah trying to decode it yeah so fabulous as always it photographs was. of everything we talk about will be on instagram at yeah what's good but like obviously go see it please. if you have the opportunity we really recommend to go see it because there's such variety because we haven't even mentioned so many of the other aspects because although it was photography and there's kind of other it was mainly a wall-based exhibition there were some kind of glass cabinets with like books and um actual cameras real photographs like Mm -hmm. legit like people's snapshots there's another contemporary artist called alison baskerville who took photos of like female soldiers like today yeah and and she was a soldier or is a soldier Uh, i think so but she has a military history yeah um and they, they were just beautiful portraits. They were like yeah. light boxes. Yeah, well, that, that was to kind of mirror the kind of autochrome process, yeah. but like in a digital way. So I think maybe it's on the Instagram we can post one of Alison's uh, pieces and then show you like an autochrome one and just if, by if, comparison. If anyone listening has any interest in history and like kind of World War One. I want to know what you think but more like more than that I'd love it if anyone who has a military history or is from a military family or anything goes to this exhibition I want to know what you think because Ooh, I just yeah. think that I was so impressed with the contemporary artists because they seem to approach this subject with so much sensitivity with such a respect for the history and the stories of these people and as we say some of the artists even had that kind of family connection or that they were soldiers themselves yeah in the kind of today i want to know if anyone listening does have any kind of connection to the military get in touch i want to know i want to know what you think even if you think it was terrible i just like i just want some like that kind of insight because that's what really impressed me and Mm -hmm. obviously we have nothing to do with like any military stuff i don't really know anyone that does but you know massive respect for people who choose to do that because and especially like now because it is a choice and we were just saying before recording especially in light of the you know execution like shot at dawn series Mm -hmm. like that it wasn't a choice yeah like people just had to go to war and that's there's something really terrifying about that so i'm thankful for the people that choose to do it so that i don't have to you know yeah i just think it's a like thank you yeah (laughs) like thanks for like 
keeping my country safe and making sure that I don't have to do that. Well, there you go. I think I'd be rubbish at it. So, yeah, same. You know, <laughs> just it's like it's mental and kind of cool. So. Yeah, it is. And you've got buckets of time to go see it. It's on until the 6th of April. Oh, fabulous. And it's free because it's in a town hall. Yeah. So it feels like sh- everything in town hall should be free. I don't know if that's true, but hopefully. Yeah, but I mean, it's everyone's history. It's yeah. something that like connects us all. Like this is our kind of shared history. This is something that bonds us all together. Yeah. So, yeah, worth a look. Even if you're like maybe not interested in history, because it, as I say, because there's this contemporary art element, if mm. you're more of an arty person than a history person, you can go, there's fabulous art. But it then is. it's like a nice in to like... Yeah, you know, I always say art's a great way to just learn about things. Oh yeah. So this is like the you get to see some cool art, but then as an extra, you get to learn a bit of history. So, so good, good two for one. Ten out of ten. Hey. Nice, yeah. But yeah, great thing. If you do go see it, or if you've got any thoughts, do let us know. Please. We are reachable on social media on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Hey Art What's Good. You can email where Hey Art What's Good at gmail dot com. The website's there. Mm-hmm we're there in person a lot of times yeah hit us up yeah and i want to give you just real quick before we talk about what we're looking forward to okay i want to give people a little bit of a a reason to go to bishop auckland because please we just had the best day it was fab yeah went with alice's dad oh yeah i don't think we mentioned that yet my dad took work and he had a great day as well it was fabulous so we're like obviously went to the town hall and saw this but then there's a deer park so we just had a little walk a little wander lovely day blue skies kind of chilly but not the worst nice time took some photos um and then we went for like lunch in a 50s style cafe like a 50s themed yeah it was just really cute it was adorable um but we did get the chance to we're kind of just wandering around like is there any other galleries or anything we can check out because the answer was yes we didn't but the answer was yes but wow like we were not expecting this (laughs) so we went into the bishop auckland tower yeah which honestly you can't miss because it's a really weird building yeah (laughs) (laughs) not bad but weird yeah it took us a while to think about what it could be and we're like is it like a new style church yeah it kind of looks like a weird ultra modernist kind of church or i briefly thought it was modeled after like uh colliery like pit entrance or yeah, something like with the the lift that takes yeah. it down uh, yeah really strange but we go in there and it kind of turns out to be kind of like tourist information mm. and we got talking to the most lovely lady she was great what's her name i Ka- think her name was Catherine. Catherine. we didn't introduce ourselves which was bad but yeah. but she was wonderful to talk to because what we quickly learned is that the people that work here at bishop auckland at the kind of like yeah, I don't. I don't want to say like tourist center, but like, do you know that kind, it kind of, of is? It, it it's like is. for the whole Auckland project. Like that's a thing they've got going on right now. Yeah, read like doing lots of stuff up and that. And she was just so lovely to talk to, but really knowledgeable. But do you know when someone that loves what they're talking about yeah is allowed to talk about it genuinely excited and she was just so passionate she like made us excited and made us passionate and we're like already planning the next time we go to bishop auckland yeah because i just want to like yeah we've mentioned a little bit there but there is something going on right now called the auckland project and the idea is that bishop auckland's this like amazing historical place where like a few hundred years ago the bishops had basically not as much power as the king but mo- like a lot of the same 
powers so yeah. they could kind of like tax land and they were like basically they had like they were the important guys basically. yeah and this is where they lived so there's like a castle we can go to it's being redone at the minute there's gonna be like walled gardens which has like these like fun like bubble like yeah, think it was an eden project yeah. style but like small scale for like because apparently back in the day the bishops would grow pineapples yeah in county durham and they had like these big glass domes over them and like heating to like make it kind of like obviously the right kind of climate to grow pineapples yeah. but Nuts. the excess like like <laughs> to grow pineapples in bloody county durham amazing yeah so i just want to like tell you a little little bit about it just a little little bit go for it uh just that the auckland project so it's a charity founded in 2012 by uh jonathan and jane ruffer and it's not just a mission to kind of open more galleries and kind of touristy spaces in bishop auckland it truly is to like rejuvenate the actual area so you're creating more jobs making it a place to be essentially Mm -hmm. so just to let you know kind of in the next few years there's gonna be like loads of cool stuff going on so you might want to pop on down and this this exhibition would be like a really good opportunity to just like give yourself an excuse to go a little little taste if you will like it see if you're gonna want to go back so you know in the next few years is going to be so there's the castle which is going to open relatively soon and it's getting a whole new wing added to it yeah so and then it's going to have um a faith museum which looks at which i'm very excited for expect an episode because i'm obsessed like (laughs) i'm not like a religious person at all but like the history of faith is fascinating and isn't it going to be like the first faith the first museum in at least in britain to exclusively look at faith so Mm -hmm. we're talking like prehistoric yeah to the present day like roman cults modern day multiculturalism like just everything everything. in between yeah fascinating and like with no focus on any religion in particular Mm -hmm. so just just all of them really the best location for it because as we said this is such an important like historical place for religion yeah so really appropriate and it's going to have this like this cool building there's going to be um a spanish gallery which we're excited for. It should be pretty cool. That's going to have the largest collection of Spanish and Latin American art in the UK outside London. Yes. Um, and then, as I said, there's going to be the walled garden. We visited the Deer Park, which was like lovely. There's a mining art gallery. And then there's the tower. Mm-hmm. So there's all sorts of stuff going on. And then you can go to like a cute cafe or there's like pubs and a Weatherspoons. There so is a Weatherspoons. <laughs> a fabulous day to be had by all. Really? So I reckon that will be done by kind of 2020, but I'm excited. As oh, we said, yeah. we didn't expect much. No, no, no. Not at all. And then we were met with all of this. And it's like, damn, County Durham. Like, <laughs> like calm it down. Some for the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, sick time. So a bit of a tangent, but I just thought it was like important to mention because that was one of the things that like made our day a little bit nicer because oh it's, yeah oh like something to look forward to mm-hmm. speaking um, of looking forward to things lovely is there anything, queen. yeah right is there anything in, in particular you're looking forward to that's not this i was gonna say this would be a good answer because it's something that's happening in the future that's a cop out i'm not doing that <laughs> i have lots to look forward to and i want to shout about all of them please do positivity Mm-mm. um well what i'm excited for is that recently me and Alice got drunk and booked a trip to Barcelona. Yeah, that's the best time to book a holiday when you're <laughs> steaming. Yeah. Well, we would have done it anyway. Probably. So it's like, might as well just get on with it. Yeah. 
So can't wait. Yep. Should be That's great. Be great. I mean, it was on the same day as we did this because when we came back from British Auckland, we're like, oh, do you fancy a, a drink on Lowfell? Because you're never in Gateshead and there's some all right bars up there. And then like four Guinnesses later. No, it was more than that. Was it actually? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was much more. You were one ahead of me, though. Well, that's true. But it was also you definitely had more than that, though. Lol. It was a long, awesome evening. Yeah, and it was good. But yeah, looking forward to that trip. It should be good. So we'll <laughs> fill you in on that. Yep. When it happens. Yep. <laughs> um. Well, what I'm looking forward to is just scanning a bunch of film because I've been developing a lot of my own film recently, Ooh. and I'm just looking forward to like seeing the images and that doing all that exciting. fun stuff. Because I'm, I'm getting there. It's a bit of a... It requires a bit of practice to actually develop your film properly. But I've got scanning down, I think. So that's always nice. Yeah. Oh, something that's to do awesome. That. I'm excited for that. Probably going to do that today after I've had my, my big day out. Perfect. So should be good. Yeah. You told me you've recently had... You developed some from Christmas. Yes. From Christmas Day. Cause that's cute. We do like a Christmas Day walk. Like, that's a tradition now, apparently, because Saltwell Park's open on Christmas Day. So I've got some nice pictures and then a couple of pictures from Boxing Day. That's a lovely thing to do on Christmas. Yeah, right. I always have a Christmas Eve walk with friends. You do do that. And that's also very cute. Because oh. I live by the sea. Mm-hmm. So it's just like the thing to do. Yeah. Oh, there you go. If it's a thing to do, why not? Hey. <laughs> well. well oh, dang. Oh. <laughs> I was going to say, on that lovely note. Me too. I was going to say, well, that's a good place to end this. (laughs) Well, that is a good place to end this. So, yeah, hit us up if you want to talk about any cool art things or any cool thing in general. Or this specific art thing, maybe. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about. We're always here and we always want to talk about art. That's true. We do like to do that. Hence this. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, until next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.